ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Family, friends, and foes, I do thank God for the family members who do support my preaching and the truth that I do preach from the Word of God. And by the way, it has a huge impact. There are, because of how God has led me to preach as a prophet to this country and to the world, uh, we have godly, uh, we have pastors who are sensitive to the Lord who have not preached on some of the themes that I have preached on who are making things right. <clears throat> and I give God the glory, the praise, and the honor for His calling me to do this and uh, to rebuke pastors who have gotten more caught up in loving the people more than loving God and this is a common problem throughout the Bible throughout uh, religious history uh, regarding the Israelites and that's who I'm referring to when I say religious and throughout uh, the over 2,000 years of Christianity God has gifted pastors with unique gifts. People who are in the pastorate, priest-like people, and they uh, can normally err <coughs> towards being more concerned about what the people want than what God wants. And so God is sent by a prophet to correct that and uh, to uh, rebuke pastors for loving the people more than they love God. And the saved pastors respond to it. They understand that they can and have slipped into that. It's just their gifting. It's their talent. And the love that they receive from the people. And they feed off of people. And they can get into trouble uh, by feeding off of the people more than feeding off of God. And sometimes they have to be rebuked. And the saved ones respond. And I give God the glory, the praise, and the honor for what's happening in this country right now. There are famous pastors who are correcting things and making things right in letting people know that in no uncertain way that I have been wrong on some things and negligent in teaching and preaching some things that has caused some problems in the church and God has spoken to my heart to fix it. Dr. T.D. Jakes is one, Dr. Creflo Dollar is another, not to mention uh, other pastors who are not that well known.
And we give God the glory, praise, and honor for what he's doing. Not only that, I thank the Lord for some white brothers who are owners and operators of major influential publications and out uh, and ministries that are now dealing with the issue of how that things have gotten out of hand regarding uh, the husband being the head of the household and the wife being submissive to her husband and they're running articles right now about those things that they have not run in years and the reason why they have not run those articles and the reason why pastors have not preached on this is because uh, the devil has led some pastors and teachers and preachers and especially book writers to tell the lie that there is a mutual submission thing going on in marriage and that is not biblical at all. Uh, there is a general submission idea and uh, in, in truth in the Bible among all Christian people. How that in the church setting uh, men ought to be submissive to some men Women, young women, ought to be submissive to older women as brothers and sisters in Christ. There's nowhere in the Bible, however, from Genesis to Revelation, where God commands or God teaches that a man, a husband, should be in subjection to his wife. And even though a little article came up today with uh, a lady... Uh, uh, who she kind of uh, brought it up for the first time. I haven't seen it in a while because they know people know it's wrong. All theologians know that it's wrong. Mm -mm. But she kind of hit it and then she went on to emphasize how that a woman, a wife, ought to submit to a husband. Otherwise, the marriage is not going to work. That's what Dr. T.D. Jakes is, is in trouble for this morning. It's not, it's not going to work, and they he knows it. All other preachers know it. They know it in their own marriage. <clears throat> you have to have, as Dr. T. D. Jakes has, po has pointed out, when you have a woman over a man, you disrupt the divine order of authority. Now that's what he said. You know why he said it? Because he's a man of God, and he he knew he was going to get into trouble. But he he he's putting the brakes on some things unless you get the wrong idea. See, he's all for women being uh, godly women and and strong women and 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 doing what you're supposed to do as a woman. As a pastor, he's the one who sets you free. But but some of you took it the wrong way. He never said you are to rule over the man. But see, the problem with sin, people, see, and this is the problem with pastors allowing homosexuals in the church. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Once you get the wrong uh, message or the wrong idea, contrary to the word of God, and it taps into 
the flesh, the, the sinful nature of, the rebellious nature of people, they run with it, and especially women, they run with it, and before you know it, the devil has deceived them, and they have destroyed their marriage and fantasy. This is another reason why he's saying it. This is another reason why other preachers are preaching it now. This is another reason why uh, major publications are changing their tune and they're dealing with it. Because they know something has messed up the marriage in the so-called sweet evangelical movement, which is an umbrella organization that basically rules over all of the Protestant denominations. And I've already told you why I don't have the ter- I don't have time to tell you all the details of how that happened. But uh, suffice it to say, they are the most educated, theologically speaking. And that matters. And I was glad to hear uh, Christianity Today uh, say that it still matters. I, I believe it matters. Only if you don't twist the scriptures like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and create your own traditions. And that's what these great theologians have done. They have married their traditions and their ideas of what marriage is about to the scriptures. And they have allowed their traditions and what they do in their marriage to supersede the Holy Scriptures. And you can't do that. As Dr. Tony Evans has stated, and he's a pastor too, he's a loving pastor, but he has some prophet in him and some evangelist in him. In fact, in his testimony, he felt that God was going to call him to be an evangelist. And I don't know, maybe that, that's what God, God touched his heart to stand with me, him and his, him and his wife. Uh, because he has some evangelists in him. He has some prophet in him. He, he understands that this, he, you're not going to be liked. <laughs> but, but he has pastor in him too. And he's sensitive to the needs of the people. But he's also more, and see, he's one of the rare evangelicals and theologians who somehow along the way he learned how to fear God and T.D. Jakes has been uh, has gotten away from some things and I rebuked him for it but let me tell you something he fears God you, you don't you can't do what he's done and not fear God and what he's doing right now is, is because he fears God what Creflo Dollar is doing now correcting things, saying that there's some books that I've written, I don't want you to, you can throw them away. You know why? Because God has gotten a hold of, of, of him. The preachers who are saved, they, 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 will re, they will correct things, they will get correction, they will accept correction in their lives, and they will make, make, uh, make things right because they fear God. Now, the 60% to 70% who have quit on, the, on God and on the ministry and on Jesus, you picked the fine time to leave the new seal, but I predicted that you were going to do this because you're nothing but hiring. So you can't take rebuke. You can preach to others, but you can't take it because you're lost and on your way to hell. 
and you were in it for the money, and you were in it for professional uh, reasons, and so forth, and so on. But the true men of God, buddy, they, they when they see God uh, is dealing with them and about something they said, they're going to fix it. And they don't care what you think, <laughs> because they're dead already in Jesus. And if you don't understand it, I don't have the time to explain it to you. It takes too long. Because God has to do it. You can't fake being dead in Christ and alive at the same time. You just, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't even begin to tell you how that happens. But it happens in true men of God, in true Christians, and true women of God. More and more women are agreeing, and especially younger women are agreeing with what I've been preaching for years. And by the grace of God as a prophet, I have, I have called this out, and people are responding to it and saying, you know what, this is the problem right here. We, 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 we want to do these great methods and these great church things to get people into the church, but we don't want to... Uh, uh, as the old folks used to say, be a Christian in my family and in my heart. The family is, is the Adams family at home, full of hell and the devil, sin and evil. But the Brady Bunch at church, for sure. And, and people, after three years almost of the coronavirus plague and that pressure and what it has done to churches and families and closing down churches and buildings and everything else, uh, preachers are getting the message. Pastors are getting the message. I better, uh, I got to go back. I believe it was Andrew, I mean, Andre Crouch, who said in one of his songs, take me back, take me back. So I give God the glory, the praise, and the honor for the changes that are that He is bringing about, because God has to be the one to touch people's hearts. No credit goes to a human being. Uh, God gets all of the credit and all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. And so, even though Dr. T, uh, Dr. Tony Evans is sensitive to people and loves people. And people love him. He, he, he said, he made this statement. It, 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 it doesn't matter how we feel. We have to go with what the Word of God says. See, see, that comes from a healthy fear of God and a healthy love relationship between God and man. Talking about Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, because he's surrounded by people all over the country, around the globe who would love to hear him uh, compromise the word of God. He's not going to do that. <laughs> it's not, uh, and, and see, you say, how do you know that? I know that because I know the God in him and how God has fixed his heart, and he's not going to do that. And by him standing strong and tall as a pastor, who's very loving, will shake your hand, hug you, glad to see you, across denominations. He's loved and respected, but he's not going to compromise the word of God. I know this. And that has a huge impact upon, upon fellow pastors, Southern Baptists, National Baptists, Bible, Bible Baptists, Independent Baptists, 
because God has set him up to have that kind of influence for such a time as this. Glory be to God. Mm -hmm. Charismatics. See, Dr. Tony Evans, like Dr. Billy Graham, uh, they 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 have an appeal across denomination. Uh, he has a great relationship with Dr. T. D. Jakes, and no doubt some influence. Yes, he he doesn't try to get into it because you this way and that way because you charismatic charismatic. I hate you and all that. And that's no, that and that's not that's not a Christ-like spirit anyway. And so we give God the glory. We give God the praise what's happening in the nation today. And it's okay that some people don't agree with Dr. T.D. Jakes. It's okay that people don't agree with Dr. Tony Evans about these issues. Here, here's the deal. Some of those people are lost and on their way to hell. They don't understand anything about God, number one. Number two, God's people know what's right. People who are truly born again and saved deep down in their heart, even though they're not doing it, and many of them have already ruined their marriages and families for not doing it, they know it's right. And let me just tell you something. I was going to say it for the family, and I may mention it again. Let me tell you something about women. Okay? And hopefully, you're dealing with a saved woman. But even lost women, they are wired by God in a certain way. Where they deep down want somebody to rule over them. And let me tell you something else. And to, and to train them and teach them to be what they should be. And to rebuke them when they're wrong. Some women want it so badly they want you to spank them. Look at you. You know I'm telling you. All the bull peeps know. All the bull peeps know. And by the way. Let me tell you something. If, if, if she's a real woman who's interested in, interested in women, and sad to say, you got some women who are interested in manly women, they want to submit to somebody. They want somebody big and bad enough to correct them when they're wrong. No matter how much they talk back and blow and huff and roll their eyes deep down somewhere in her soul, her spirit, she is wired by God to want somebody to rule over her and to correct her, to rebuke her and tell her how it is T.I. is going to be. T.I. is going to be. Okay? All Bo Peeps know this. All women know it. But they will not show it. And they will never tell you that. Why? Because as Mrs. Steve Nutt said. If you give her the reins and the controls. She is never going to give it back. Just like the devil will never give it back. She's never going to give it back. Unless you take it. And, uh, and then Mrs. Stephen said. She does not know what to do with it. But for some reason. It is in her sinful nature. In her flesh. And this is what some of you men don't recognize. You dealing with a woman. Who's, in, who, 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 who's dealing with her. Uh, acting out of her sinful nature. And her flesh. 
when she rebels and cusses you out and rolls her eyes and blows, and that freaks you. That freaks you out. And you don't know what to do. And, and, and basically she's saying to you, uh, uh, I want you to do something about it. Deep down, deep down, way down somewhere, she wants to know whether or not you're man enough to do something about it. And you don't have to be abusive, but you got to be strong and make sure she understands you mean business. And, uh, and you need to tell her to her face now, you have the privilege of being married right now. Thousands of women don't. You're going to be with the thousands if you don't obey what I tell you and do what I tell you under God. In the Lord. Women love crazy men who think like that right there. Crazy men. Wild men. We need more wild men, more crazy men who believe what God is telling them. What comes uppermost in them. Where you don't be seeking advice from your wife as to what you're going to do. I know that's been taught. But I'm here to tell you that God will tell you what to do. And if you do it then uh, it'll work out. But if you got to hock into your voice, the voice of your wife against God, you got to get her advice over God's, what God told you, then you're in trouble already, son. Okay? Now, I've been preaching this for over 30 years. Before I even met my wife, I preached this. See, uh, pastors invited me in to preach on this. Because it was out of control then. And they were trying to get it back under control. And they were, they were using me to do so. But if they didn't do it. And they didn't do it with their wives. In front of the people. It was not going to work. Now let me just say this real quick. The reason why we're in trouble. In America. Is because we want, we were we were right on soul winning. And witnessing and evangelism. And the different methods that God uh, allowed building of the church. We were right on the Bible, being the Word of God, infallible Word of God. We were right on other orthodox things, but in the black community and in the white community, we, husbands and wives, thought that the family was our own. Something our little toy that we can play with, that we don't we, we don't really need to obey God in the family, huh? So that's why Ephesians chapter five and chapter six has not been preached by pastors, uh, quite frankly, for over the past thirty to fifty years, because it messed up. It would mess up and disrupt their little uh, church machine, which is now a business. Because it would upset the women. And when you don't do things God's way. And you don't obey God on something as fundamental and as basic as the family. You're headed for trouble. The church is headed for trouble. And has been in trouble for years. 
and the nation is headed for trouble. That's where we are today. And now some pastors see that by the grace of God. And they're the ones who have to fix it. I can't fix it by myself. Dr. Tony Evans can't fix it by himself, but he can have a huge impact. And he is. Glory be to God. He and I never thought we would team up like this in spirit. But God knew it a long time ago. God is the one who put it together. And we give God the glory, praise, and honor. And we don't even know each other. Yet, he and his wife, when she was living, have been standing with us and supporting us in various and sundry ways for over the past 20 years. And uh, it's been very needed help. Because for somebody to support me, they have to understand, they have to be saved themselves, and they have to understand the Word of God fully as to how this all works. So, my beloved, I thought I would start with that because there's a whole lot going on right now, and God is doing something right now that some people never thought they would ever see. And we give God the glory, the praise, and the honor. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. My beloved, the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial. Family, that's what we deal with every day. We deal with all of those things plus the family. And evangelistic service. It is the everything service that God put in my heart right after the coronavirus plague set in nearly three years ago. And by the way, this is service 799. 799. And so I want to invite you to service 800 tomorrow. And I think we're going to do it in prime time. Around 6.30, 7 in that area. That, that is um, central time. Eastern time around 7.30, 8 o'clock in that area. So, as they say, be there or be square. Uh, number 800 tomorrow night. Number 800 tomorrow night. If the Lord should tarry his coming and we live. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible. 
<coughs> pardon me, episode number 604, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Holy Bible as a single true nonfiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history the present and the future. Today, beloved, we are reading Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. The Word of God. Shall we pray together? Everybody pray. Everybody pray. Don't just watch me. Don't listen to me. In fact, block me out. <clears throat> you can go ahead and <coughs> cut the sound down. <coughs> Pardon me. And pray to God. <coughs> Don't play. Don't stray. Pray. If you're saved and you've been saved a while, you understand the importance of this. You may not want to do it, but you need to do it. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray this early afternoon in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for what you are doing in the country, in the hearts of pastors and preachers and people. As some are uh, understanding now the seriousness of your chastisement and your rebuke, and they are doing their best by your grace to humble down and to uh, correct things and to preach your word in season and out of season whether people like it or not because we need uh, your truth and Holy Father God we thank you Lord for the people who are praying with us now and people who pray before your throne of grace at other times who name the name of Christ. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, as you know, I really mean that even though we've been taught that over 2,000 years ago by your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, have all of us to pray what we mean and mean what we pray or don't pray at all. And help us all to pray in faith believing before your throne of grace that you have invited us to, uh, even you have invited us to come boldly. Lord, that's hard for some of us to do because we know that we're not worthy, but help us to be obedient by your grace. 
and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you. I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon uh, our families down through the years. For those of us who are saved and born again, thank you, Lord, for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Lord, uh, we do not take them lightly. And Lord, I praise you and thank you for the precious memories that you allow to flood my soul, my spirit, and my mind better than a Netflix video. The, the clarity of the spiritual videos you run through my heart are so vivid. I, I kind of feel like Lord Heaven is going to be one of the traits of heaven will be that is so vivid, more vivid than even down here on earth. The beauty that we've seen down here is going to affect us in multiple ways. I don't know how true that is, Lord, but that's how I feel about it. Uh, but anyway, Holy Father God, I do pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for those of us who are saved and have been saved by your grace and who are truly born again as we are before your throne of grace we individually confess our own sins our failures and our faults our disobedience and Lord for Jesus Christ's sake please forgive us of all of our sins our faults and our failures as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Lord, we pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who are saved from temptation, evil, and sin throughout the remainder of this day. Uh, to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right. To do what we should do, even if others are not doing what they should do. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to do this for your glory, praise, and honor. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And Holy Father God, and deliver us who are saved and born again. And Lord, help us not to take this for granted or take it lightly. And to be so reminded to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and prayerful, to pray without ceasing throughout this day, and not allow the devil uh, to get uh, in on us in any way. Uh, Lord, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would help us all who name the name of Jesus Christ, who believe in Jesus Christ, to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways and to repent and to repent of our sins and get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, the religious and the lost, 
And Lord, I thank you also for moving upon the hearts of other preachers and other people, owners of publications, to deal with that issue as well, that we have. We, the church has been warned by me and others that we have people in the church, Bible-believing churches, who have never been born again, who have never been saved, and they think they're saved. Uh, one article points out that the devil has a vested interest in deceiving people in the church to think that they're saved when they're not. One of uh, the Southern Baptist pastors made it clear about his denomination that there are many people in the Southern, in Southern Baptist churches who believe that they're on their way to heaven and they're on their way to hell. So thank you, Lord, for raising up people to warn people of this fact. And Lord, we pray that you would increase that tribe. And we pray that, Lord, and I pray for even my own family, filled with people who are religious, hardworking in the church, and lost, including my own wife, I believe, is lost and is not saved. Uh, she did as I did, did something in a church a long time ago, and uh, has held on to it where I let it go. I knew somehow you helped me to understand that I was lost. I pray that you will help her to understand that she's lost and she needs to be saved. There's no signs of Never has been any signs of her being saved, no fruit whatsoever after 34 years of observing her and rebuking her and dealing with her. And uh, however, by your grace, because of the power of one spouse's salvation, we are still together and she's here with me today helping in the ministry. After 34 years and after, by your grace, my raising seven children with her and uh, I thank you Lord that they are all saved according to their own testimony and based upon what they have done in the ministry down through the years overlooking her evil and foolishness and I thank you Lord for these seven children who have helped in the ministry and who have set me up to be able to preach live and on demand around the world, even to this day. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for the irreligious and the religious who are lost. I pray that you would open their blinded eyes and unstop their deaf ears and save their souls by your grace. By the power of your Holy Spirit in my wife's case and in her family's case, her mother and her uh, her aunts help them, Lord, to uh, humble themselves down and lay aside their pride. And Lord, have your Holy Ghost to not give them rest until they repent of their sins and get saved and uh, be a blessing to others. I pray the same for my mother and my two sisters, religious, very religious, but very wrong in what they're doing in the church and the damage that they're causing in the church. 
<clears throat> open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears because they, my mother and my sisters, have no problem ruling over men in the church and even putting their hands on a man's chest because they can't reach the head uh, of the man and so-called laying hands on them and praying for them. And uh, Lord, uh, I do pray that you would open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears and save their souls. And I pray this for thousands and millions of people who are religious but lost, irreligious but lost. Revive those who are truly saved. It is amazing to me how you do that. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving in this country and around the globe. And Lord, draw them all to yourself for salvation. And Lord, we pray also today for all of your Christian people who are troubled and uh, have <coughs> tribulations and problems. We pray that the key for them and the key for all of us is to pray without ceasing and to read, meditate on, and obey your holy word. So, Holy Father God, uh, we pray that you lift all of the burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from all of our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, and fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding today, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Lord, help us to pray without ceasing to maintain that by your grace. And then, Lord, uh, help us to truly confess our sins, repent, not hold on to sin, and turn away from our sins and do right by you. And then we humbly pray that you would deliver us today with lessons learned <coughs> from, pardon me, Lord, and deliver us from distresses and afflictions tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Lord, leave those things in place if we have not learned our lessons and if we're not willing to obey. Help us to learn obedience through the things we suffer. And Lord, I do pray also that you would deliver your saints from uh, all uh, spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, student loan debt, student progress problems, uh, false unnecessary legal problems, uh, Judas's in the family and in the church and in the uh, world. And Lord, deliver the, us from them. Uh, uh, and Holy Father God, <coughs> we pray that you would deliver us from, uh, especially our children and grandchildren from uh, student loan debt, as well as uh, uh, student progress problems, and help them to march on and to get things done and not fall out uh, of college, but to move forward. We also pray, Lord, that you would continue to have mercy and grace upon uh, Christians, saints, and sinners alike, and protect us all from a major housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and utility crisis, even though 
Lord, you are uh, chastising and rebuking your people, punishing other people in an attempt to open the eyes of people and help them to see that they cannot do you the way that they have done you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and punishment. I humbly pray that you continue to do that. At the same time, I thank you for your chastisement and your rebuke and punishment and let your will be done. And Holy Father God, we pray. And uh, for those of us who have not had the coronavirus, we thank you for protecting us and we pray that you will heal those who are sick uh, according to your will. We also pray today, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would bless and protect my family and all other Christian families that stand for you and all other people. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole armor of God. Surround us with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and make us to be whiter than snow. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, I do pray that you lift up your holy name for we are unworthy to do so. Anything that we do good here, use it for your glory, praise, and honor and for the lifting up of Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Proverbs chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for your power.
powerful holy word. Have it to find a lodging place in our hearts and speaks and speak rather to our hearts throughout the rem- remainder of this day and throughout our lives and help us to recall it in time of need. Help us to love it more, to cherish it more. Help us to teach it more, to preach it more, and to preach your holy gospel from it more, that others may come to know you as Savior before it is eternally too late. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Pardon me. Since I lay my burden down. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I laid my burden down, I feel better, oh so better, since I laid my burden down, I feel better, so much better, since I laid my burden down, oh I know I cannot sing, but I will praise the Lord. Let me do what I do better than that. Sometimes I just feel like singing. It just comes out of me. But God did not give me that gift. And it may sound good to me. But it does not sound good to others. I know that some of my directors and producers... I saying, move on now, move on now, Papa, move on. I have a pastor friend who's saying, all right now, go on and keep on doing what you're doing. But don't try to sing. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service number 799, our service family members all around the world, My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 163. And we're at Psalm 17:13. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, 
deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. Arise, O Lord, the more furious the attack, the more fervent the psalmist's prayer. And if you are a child of God, these psalms and these prayers that David prayed, they will become real to you. So you better get to know them now. His eye rests singly upon the Almighty, and he feels that God has but to rise from the seat of his patience. Pardon me, and the work will be performed at once. Let the lion spring upon us if Jehovah steps between we if Jehovah steps between we need no better defense. When God meets our foe face to face in battle the conflict will soon be over. Amen. Go ahead Spurgeon. Disappoint him Disappoint him. Disappoint him. That's what the psalmist prayed. Be beforehand with him. Outwit and outrun him. Appoint it otherwise than he has appointed. And so disappoint him. The main thing that God wants you to get out of this passage is that you need to pray to God to defeat your enemies. And I would encourage you to pray faithfully and consistently because your enemies are coming even though you may not know it. Out of the blue or out of the black or out of hell, wherever they come from. And they may be people who are supposed to be your family members and friends. You need to understand that down through history, in the saved community and in the lost community, family has been a bugaboo. You, you better keep your eyes more on those who are supposed to be close to you than even those who are out there who are not connected to you. Because family is a bugaboo. Dr. Frederick Haynes ran back one Sunday morning. We happened to be there just visiting. And uh, he ran back and came up with a refrain family drama just won't stop. I wrote that down, and my wife and I wrote a three-volume uh, novel, which is our most popular uh, 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 novel that we have written together, titled, and dot, 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 and family drama just won't stop. Family is a bugaboo. Family is something else, man. And when you... Uh, when there's money involved and business involved uh, and uh, 
a family business that was a wonderful blessing coming up. As Negroes get older, we'll uh, become a civil war if you're not careful. Uh, even in the ministry, civil wars have come out of of pastors who wanted their sons to lead the ministry after they died, and, but the daughter was so-called called to preach too, but the pastor, the older pastor, knew that that was not going to be in God's will, and the family splits over that. You, you just, uh, I've helped you more in the ministry than him, and now you're putting him over me, and when I should be the pastor of the church, and on and on, family can be something else, as my dad and mom used to say back in New York. When I was a child, now when they said oh, he he is something else, that means that that's a whole lot. It means a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, he is something else, or she is something else. But this is just just terminology and words that I learned and heard when I was a little boy living on Chauncey Street, New York. The same street that the Gleason show was based on, Brooklyn, New York. Anyway, cast him down. That's another prayer of the psalmist, and that's what you want to pray. Sometimes you got, you got some Negroes have got to be cast down, and God's got to be the one to cast them down and block them. Trust in the Lord and pray to the Lord. And God will protect you. And you and, and you you don't even have to really try. God just be knocking things down. Prostrate him. Make him sink upon his knees. Make him bow as the conquered bows before the conqueror. What a glorious sight. Will it be to behold Satan prostrate beneath the foot of our glorious Lord? And then you got church folks. Another group that's supposed to love you and support you. I know of a pastor right now, several pastors right now, going through hell with church folks. With deacons who need the board, the deacon board put on them. Deacons on the deacon board who need the board put on them, rather. Trustees on the trustee board who need the board put on them, giving the pastor. I mean, some pastors are under threat constantly. And it's sad because uh, some of these denominations have destroyed the authority of the pastor. A church should not be ruled by committee. I don't see that in the Bible. Like it's a political thing. You've got to have a vote. There's some things the pastor ought to be able to say, we're going to go in this direction. And if it's biblical, we don't need to vote on it. Let's just go in this direction. And, and, and some denominations have destroyed the authority of the pastor. And pastors are nothing but puppets. They can't make a decision about anything. Can't spend a dime. There's some churches a, a pastor can't. It does not have a discretionary fund if a missionary or pastor friend needs some help. They got to go through the boards and the, every board and the committees and vote. And the whole church got to vote on it. It's too long to 
the missionary is dead now. Several pastors are going through this, and and, and see that, and 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 they want to say some of them want to say that's the reason why they have quit or they committed suicide or whatever the case might be. But a man of God is not going to quit on God. Is not going to quit on Jesus Christ. If he has to leave from one church, he's going to preach. If he is kicked out of one church on Saturday, a true man of God is going to preach on Sunday, somewhere. And you don't have to preach in the church today. You can start your own church at the house. How about how about the house campus? Go ahead, Daniel White the third. Yeah, I was doing this for five years before the plague came. Now everybody's doing it. You can have real ministry by the grace of God, preaching from your house, your family being the immediate congregation, and whoever they might invite, they can come too, as long as you can hold the people. And uh, but but the main audience is the people I'm preaching to right now, all around the world, live. That's just as real as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. Live streaming? That's that. What? What? What's the problem? People are in the comforts of their homes, in the words of Jamal Bryant, in their pajamas, eating pancakes and serving the Lord. He told pastors, get used to it. That's how it's going to be. And, see, and I predicted this, this was going to happen because people are sick and tired of the drama, the foolishness, the programs, uh, the uh, pageantry, unnecessary pageantry that's in churches, that was in churches before the plague. Take an hour before you even get to the message. No scripture reading, no prayer, just young men miming with white gloves on and a white mask, making them look very effeminate, marching in and all of that and pageantry, and it's a show. People are sick and tired of that. True saints are sick and tired of that, and true saints would rather go down to the to a, a little church in the Vale where the uh, they sing a song, they may sing two hymns, one special, and we preaching. And we're not taking an hour to take up the offering either. So, uh, and, I, and I predicted that, when I predicted it, I did not have the idea about... Uh, the live streaming like we have it today. I'm streaming by the grace of God with the help of my son Daniel Ezekiel. I'm streaming on I don't know ten different platforms right now. All around the world. According to a stat he gave me last night, one platform, our newest platform that this is on multiple sites uh, nearly a million people are on that platform. Have heard me preach. I guess I don't know. I don't know how long he went back. Maybe a month, half a month. I don't know. Nine hundred and something thousand people. That's better than having nine uh, up in the church on Sunday morning, like many churches do have. 
and 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 and, and six of those are family members. Why not make it easier on people? They can stay home, in the words of Jamal Bryant, be in their pajamas eating pancakes and having church. Even though I do believe you ought to get up and get dressed. Yes, even at the house. You don't have to. But, but I, I, I said that back, in, back then I, I, I was not emphasizing streaming. I was saying that most people are going to leave the big churches and go back home and have church at home. Now that you have live streaming and you have uh, YouTube and Vimeo and uh, a company that we're using, I'm not going to tell you the names unless you try to sabotage it, uh, which is very powerful. We, we're using a company that we do. We're thankful for YouTube. We're thankful for Vimeo. We're thankful for GodTube and all of that. We use them too. Uh, but in case they block us, uh, we have a system that can reach even more people and is reaching more people now that we own and operate on our sites. I recommend all of my pastor friends and preacher friends to get it because Twitter and Facebook and uh, YouTube, and I thank God for Facebook, they've hung with me real good, and all of the others may, may block you one day. Okay, and so you can go live on your site and tell everybody where you at. In fact, you better do that quickly. Because some of us have already been blocked on certain places. But uh, 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 you can like it or lump it, if you, you know. But people are going to stay home if they can, particularly out of the coronavirus plague. You, you're never going to see the crowds you used to see. And I have told some of you pastors, these who love the uh, different locations and type method, it's fine and dandy. But some of those buildings need to be shut down. Unless you're going to make it a local church with a pastor. That would be good if people are going to come to support it. But you don't need a building just to have a building at this point. The church is back home where it started. And you might as well get used to it. And if the president has the coronavirus, then you're going to get it. If you get into a crowd of people, that's how he got it. Being around, sitting down with people. Listen, I would, I would, I would venture to say only workers in grocery stores have gotten sick. People who visit grocery stores and drug stores, and I'll be careful about drug stores though, uh, very careful. And you're just going in and you're coming out, you're not going to get it like that. But you will get it if you go sit in a congregation of people and sit in a meeting with your gung-ho bad self. Happy talk self. Don't let these happy talk... Listen to me. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Do not let these happy talk pastors draw you back in a building. You don't need to do that. Especially if you're old. Now, listen to me. If you're in a church that is a 7,000 church, a faithful few church, a remnant church, and you know who you are and you know what kind of pastor you have, you might can get away with it. But I can't promise you that. 
gathering in a congregation of any kind for a symposium or a concert. Or con- That's why many people are getting sick. And many people don't say anything about it because they don't want anybody to know that they are sick with the coronavirus. It's like a plague, a curse, like a curse on them. They, they're so proud to say anything about it. People are not proud about it. The president has to say something about it because they see him gagging and coughing. Coughing on the people, sneezing on the people, all this kind of stuff. You don't need to be doing that. You know, and some of you definitely, if you listen to me, listen to me. If you, I know you want me to say nice words. If you are fat, what you want me to say is presently plump. There's another word out there. If you are fat, if you have diabetes, if you are not exercising, if you're not taking a vitamin and vitamin D, uh, if, if, if you don't drink a little wine with your food, uh, and uh, uh, you uh, got some other issues, it will take you out. It will take you out. And, and you're not wearing a mask with all this gung-ho foolishness, people. It's nothing but pride, the proud American spirit. And nobody has more of the American can-do positive, uh, positive mental attitude spirit than me. I am a type A-plus individual. Nothing gets me down. God has wired me this way. I, 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 I couldn't let that. I, I, couldn't be, I couldn't do what I'm doing if I was that way. God wired me this way on purpose. I am not, I don't get down about nothing. In fact, you try to hinder me, you try to block me, you try to persecute me, I'm going to do it even more. I'm going to do what God called me to do even more so. My wife is here with me. And she has admitted trying to hinder me and block me for 34 years. And, and I had to tell her, I said, you know what? You propel me to do more for God. If you was a sweet, good, virtuous uh, woman uh, and obedient and submissive, we would have been on ships to Jamaica. We would, build, we would have built a house in Jamaica, or bought a house in Jamaica, and, and be on, on a cruise twice a year down there. And, and across the other islands as well. I would have spent more time with you. I would have wanted to spend more time with you because you were so sweet. But because you were so unsweet and so devilish, and rebellious, I said, well, I, I might as well just go ahead and on preach the gospel. She, she literally, I, I, I told her she has provided the grist for me to do what the Lord has called me to do. And I don't regret it. I thank God for the thorn in the flesh. I really do. And I thank God that my children saw me plow ahead and preach the gospel. And they were engaged and they helped me in the ministry way more than she ever did. And I'm glad about it now. And to see the results of what God has used me to do. Uh, and to see other preachers preaching what I've been preaching for the past 20 years. I give God the glory, praise, and honor. And I pray that they will continue. Under the leadership of God. Haste, glorious day. Haste, glorious day. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. 
he recognizes the most profane and oppressive as being under the providential rule of the king of kings and used as a sword in the divine hand. What can a sword do unless it be wielded by a hand? No more could the wicked annoy us unless the Lord permitted them so to do. Most translators are however agreed that this is not the correct reading, but that it should be as Calvin puts it, deliver my soul from the ungodly man by thy sword. Thus David contrasts the sword of the Lord with human aids and reliefs and rests assured that he is safe enough under the patronage of heaven by the grace of God shall we pray Holy Father God we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ grant me your energy now and your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your Holy Gospel in such a way that people will understand it and be saved I do pray that you would bless and protect your people who stand for you and stand on your truth, no matter what it costs them in society or who persecutes them. Lord, help them to continue to pray to you and trust in you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you are with us and you are not saved from the flames of hell, May I encourage you to get saved from the flames of hell right now today because I do want you to understand that you're on the road to hell as I speak. The Bible is very clear about that. Jesus Christ said the most wonderful, most loving, and most important words in the history of the world when he said, God so loved, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. <coughs> And may I encourage you to take heed to the most important words ever said to mankind in the history of the world. For God so loved the world, that means that he loves you. No matter what evil you have done, no matter who you did it with. Red, yellow, black, and white were all precious, lovingly precious in his sight. I don't understand it all, 
but I thank God for it all. And that's love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave up his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to suffer, to bleed, and to die like no man in history. And to be humiliated like no man in history, and yet be the Son of God. He allowed that to happen. He allowed himself to die for our sins, our failures, and our faults, like no other man died. He was buried, went through hell, and went to hell, and rose from the dead on the third day. For you and for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, the word whosoever, means anybody at any time. Red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious, lovingly precious in his sight. Whosoever believeth in him, that means to trust in him to have faith in him, to depend upon him. That's all it takes. It does not mean you have to be in a beautiful, ornate church. I love beautiful, ornate churches. But you don't have to be in one. I got saved in a dorm room, a nasty dorm room in the Air Force. In spite of the church, I got saved. In spite of the fact that my dad was a preacher, my mother was a preacher, they raised me up in church, I never got saved in the church, even though I got baptized in the church. I joined multiple churches with my family. I think we were members of at least five churches. One founded by my great-grandfather on my mother's side which she is the pastor of today, along with my sister. But somehow I knew that I didn't have true salvation. And so the whole time I was growing up in that family, I would pray, Lord, please show me the light. On December the 19th, 1979, God sent a man by by the name of Michael Lewis to share with me what I'm sharing with you. And I got saved that night, and my life has never been the same in a Air Force dorm room. You can get saved right where you are, in your lazy boy chair, on your bed, on your couch, grouped with other people listening in India, in China, in Pakistan, on one computer, or a television set, or whatever you have, or a phone or a Kindle, or a device. You might be listening to me while you're walking your dog or driving your car, whatever you need to do. You might want to pause for a minute and finish hearing this and pray the sinner's prayer with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That means should not go to hell. 
<clears throat> and right now, dear friend, you're on your way to a devil's hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets and preachers in the Old Testament and all of the apostles in the New Testament. And sad to say, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than most preachers living today. He said, hell is a place of punishment where the fire never is quenched. Now, Jesus Christ never lied about anything. And Jesus Christ does not do like we do and play lie. Oh, I just said that to scare you. But I, I was never going to send you to hell. Don't, don't buy into that lie. That's the devil telling you that. Jesus Christ does not play. God does not play. You're on your way to a devil's hell. The Bible says we are all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. And if we do not go by the cross and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, repent of our sins, uh, we go to that awful place called hell, which we all deserve, where the fire is never quenched, where you will burn and be tormented forever. You say, preach, I just cannot believe that. I can't believe God would send me to hell. No, you send yourself to hell. Jesus Christ has done all he could to save you from hell by dying for your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day. And so, dear friend, all you have to do to get saved from hell is believe in him. <clears throat> Trust in him. Depend upon him. Have faith in him. Are you ready to do that? If so, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven for the divine reset that God has planned. And you should not want to miss it. So right now, dear friend, if you want to get saved from the burning hell... Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow me in the sinner's prayer. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase. And only pray it if you mean it. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments by dishonoring you, by taking your name in vain, by dishonoring and disobeying my parents, by lusting after people and things, by coveting what other people have, by stealing and by lying and other sins that I have committed in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, 
was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and to turn from my wicked ways, my evil ways, and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I do pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, may I lovingly say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life. And that is believing in Jesus Christ for your soul's salvation. To help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com. We have a bunch of material there that will help you grow in the faith. Uh, podcasts included. But the main thing I want you to do is read my free book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Lord, thank you for reminding me of that. Read that book first and foremost. Also email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com or gls at gospellightsociety.com or whatever email is on your platform and uh, let us know that you got saved today so that we can rejoice with you and also... Uh, we can send you some free material to help you grow in the faith. And, uh, dear friend, if you have a prayer request, if you're going through a difficult time, and you want us to pray for us, we pray for thousands of folks. Uh, We'll be glad to pray for you too, and we'll pray for you until you tell us to stop. At this time, we're going to resume our... uh, 799th uh, standing between the living and the dead service at the family segment at what I call and have dubbed the family verses. If you have a family uh, and even if you don't if you plan on having a family uh, then this will be one of your first Bible studies. We're at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. I believe this is the third and final day on this passage. Where God deals with parents and primarily fathers. Because you're not only the head of the wife. You're the head of the children. You're the head of the mother over the children. And God's going to hold you accountable. For whether or not you're going to be man enough to hearken to him or hearken to your wife. And uh, make sure the children are raised up properly. And it ought to pro- uh, pardon me, it ought to trouble you, father, husband, if your children are being unloved and abused and neglected by their mother. Do not let that happen because God's going to hold you accountable. And what I mean by that is, 
some mothers, unfortunately, have a bad attitude towards their children. I don't know where all that comes from. And they act like they hate their children. You need to be there to tap that down. And, 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 and if you let them, some of these women will get caught up in a, in a, a tit-for-tat type relationship like she's one of the children. Don't let that happen. And, 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 and she'll lie on the children. Do not let that happen. And, and then always join her against the children. Don't do that. Do not do that. Because they're going to grow up and despise the mother and you for doing that. Verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. And what God is saying here is okay to get angry, but do not uh, allow that anger to go over into wrath. It's okay to be angry, but sin not. Because God gets angry, and God can show wrath, and he knows what he put in you. And so that's why he's warning you. But he has control over his anger and his wrath. And it takes a long, long time to get God started. And God wants it to be the same way with you, Father. With your children. Because we do have fathers who today are killing their children, killing their wives too. And God does not want you to ever get that way. Where you have to be mean and hateful and hate your children and not have it balance, not have things balanced out where you love them with God's agape love. That's what makes the difference. Because God's agape love will move you to do the rest of this passage. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so, I do believe that a godly woman can set a beautiful atmosphere in, a saved and godly woman can set a beautiful atmosphere in the family. If she does her part, that's a beautiful thing. I hope you have that kind of wife. I did not have that kind of wife. And so I had to, I I was not trying to, Produce an atmosphere because that's not me. But I created an environment where people can get things done and move on with their lives. Um, my wife did not show the motherly love to the children that they so desperately needed. But I created, I, I, I tapped her down and kept her under control to not harm the children, not hurt the children, and to. Uh, rebuke her and keep her at bay away from the children from hurting them further now I did that and they and whatever love they felt they got it from God through me and I'm the one who told them I love you every day of their lives I'm the one who gave them hugs when they were little. As they got older, I didn't do that too much. I'm the one who uh, was, the, was the disciplinarian. I, I didn't let my wife discipline them because she didn't show the proper motherly love to do so. 
I didn't. I, I told him, don't you, don't you touch them. I'll, I'll deal with them. I'm the one who encouraged them when they did well. I'm the one who admonished them or rebuked them when they did evil. That's love too, parents. Now, a loving parent does not want to do the discipline part and the whipping butt part. I know that. And if you want to do it, to try to, you know, get back at them like my wife tried to do, don't, I don't want you doing it. God does not want you doing it. If you're full of anger and you, you're trying to uh, uh, beat down the children because you have not loved them and, and, and done what you're supposed to do and they're rebelling against you because you are a phony mother, I don't want you to do it because you're angry and you're bitter. You're not going to do that. You're not going to get into a tit for tat with my children. No, ma'am. And so I stopped her. I, I didn't let her do that. <clears throat> and I, I took care of that. And I'm the one that did the positive side. When they did good, I applauded them. When they did evil, I whipped their behinds. That's love too. All of that's love. The God kind of love. If you don't want to whip their behinds and you do it, that's because you have the God kind of love inside of you. If you don't have that, I don't want you to touch any child, your own child, anybody else's child. I'm telling you to your face. If you, if you, if this is something, something where you're venting your anger on your child, I don't want you to touch them. Just let them. Don't even whip their butts. Disobey that. Don't even do it. God is talking to parents who are saved and who have their uh, God's love in their hearts for their children, and a fatherly love or a motherly love that God gives you as well, a family love, where you want the best for them, that if you don't do it, it's going to be bad for them. So with that, let's pray for other families and other people, and let's close. If the Lord should tarry his coming and we live, I'll be back later on tonight with a Just Jesus message. If the Lord tarries his coming and we live, and I feel strong enough, let me put it that way. If you don't see me at a certain time, I'm probably asleep. I'm trying to get over this message. But if you see me at a certain time, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, you know the time frame. All of you people who come regularly, you know the time frame. I'll be there. If the Lord tells is coming, and we live. By the way, the Just Jesus sermon I preached last Sunday is, is, is uh, the most popular sermon of the week that I have preached for some reason. Uh, I know some of you, you just want me to preach on Just Jesus. You don't want, you don't want me to preach on stuff like I just got through preaching on. Uh, but but uh, for some reason, it is the number one sermon of the week. So uh, my son and my producer uh, and director... Son Daniel Ezekiel, uh, go ahead and get that ready. Let's pray for others. Holy Father God, thank you for this privilege and this blessing of being here this afternoon. I praise you, Lord, and thank you for 
the other work that you blessed us to do. And Lord, I pray for uh, uh, Danny, Daniel, Danita, uh, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle, my youngest three especially, uh, but everybody, and the older ones to support them and help them and uh, continue to, to support the ministry and work as they have done for years. And Lord, I do pray that you will help them all to pray, to confess their sins and to repent and uh, to hate evil, crucify their flesh. Fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit to continue to do the faithful good job that they have done for however long you want them to do it, one day uh, things will change. And so, Lord, prepare us for that day. And Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, please rebuke and bind the devil and the demons of hell from uh, them, from my own family, and give them sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And give them the hearts that you gave them when they had pure hearts of wanting to serve you uh, as little children in faith believing. And uh, Lord, we also pray that you would bless tonight's service as you blessed this one. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that you would cast the devil and the demons of hell and the evil spirits of hell out of my wife, Marika White, and other people in our family who have these proud devilish spirits. And Lord, bless the afternoon, bless our meal, and bless the service to come and help her to do her part all the way through. And Lord, we also pray for all families saved and lost. We pray for the families that don't know your Savior, that your Holy Ghost would draw them to yourself by the thousands and by the millions. Help them to get saved and repent of their sins. Lord, help your Christian people in the families that they're in to confess their sins and repent and be revived. And help both sets of families to make a beeline to Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6 every day if necessary as we did uh, to know our roles and the commandments that you put upon the husband, the wife, and the children, the fathers and the mothers, that we would obey them whether we feel like it or not. In the words of your servant, Dr. Tony Evans, uh, your word is your word and whether we want to do it or whether we feel like doing it, it does not matter. We ought to do it, and we should do it. And Lord, that's the mentality I believe you want us to have. Because after that comes the blessings. After we choose to obey you as your saved children, then the blessings come, and the favor comes, and the favor stays, and the, and the blessings stay. And they won't go away as long as we obey you. So Lord, help us to do that. In a very real sense. Pastors, uh, church members, people who name the name of Jesus Christ and who th they know that they're saved. Revive us 
again. Heal us again. And uh, then, Lord, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving by the millions. And, Lord, I know you want to do all of that and more. But we prevent you from doing it because of our sins and our wickedness, our rejection of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, help people to understand, help lost people who are religious and irreligious to come to Jesus Christ as Savior so that they can be blessed. And Christians, Lord, help them to repent of their sins and seek revival so that they can be blessed and highly favored for real. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, uh, today that you would have mercy and grace upon all of us who say that we're Christians. We've sinned grievously in your sight. We've done you wrong. We have disrespected you. We have dishonored you. We have pushed you to the periphery, and we have marginalized you, and uh, we have failed you. And uh, we thank you for your loving chastisement and rebuke. And we pray that you'll continue to do it until we all confess our sins and repent and be free in Jesus as we should. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you would forgive us of our sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. Help us to repent of that and to change our ways. I humbly pray that, Lord, if you want to, revive us all again. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you would indeed heal marriages that are under the blood and save marriages that are supposed to be in you. And we pray that you will save the lost souls of those marriages and families that need you and have the pressure cooker of the family to draw them closer to you and not to divorce. Lord, help churches to get away from and to tear down divorce care and create marriage care only and draw people in that way, people who want to see their marriages saved and salvaged and changed for the good. And then, Holy Father God, we also pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for all ministers of government, uh, government ministers. They're just as called, many of them are just as called as we are in the ministry, the gospel ministry. And I believe that with all of my heart. And Lord, I thank you for calling these men and women <clears throat> to do a very dangerous job in many cases. From the president down to the police officers around the world, we pray for all government, national government leaders, uh, all the way down to law enforcement officers. And Holy Father God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, cast of the devil and the demons of hell out of those who have that problem 
Lord, remove the bad apples out of the gospel ministry and out of the police ministry and political ministry. And uh, Lord, we pray that you will strengthen those who remain. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray that you would bless and protect uh, the people in Nigeria, your Christian people in Nigeria. Lord, I feel like governments of the world and even churches of the world have failed them in Nigeria. Protect them and everybody else who's being persecuted in the world for their Christian faith. And Lord, at the same time, prepare us all uh, to uh, and give us your grace as we face persecution and even death for our faith, if that is your will. And so, Holy Father God, we also pray, Lord, today uh, for all of the people. Uh, yes, Lord, we pray for the millions who are suffering from the coronavirus plague uh, and the deaths that have come from it and who are mourning and grieving and hurting even with people in the hospital now. We pray, Holy Father God, for the salvation of the people, the homosexual men who uh, have been stricken with another plague. Uh, besides AIDS, which is still among them. We pray that you would cast the devil out of them and open their blinded eyes and help them to somehow see their need for salvation and not for the demonic evil foolishness that they're doing, which is now spreading around the world. The W, as you know, the WHO has already announced an emergency situation even with that. The last time they did that, according to the newspapers, was when the coronavirus plague struck. And so, Holy Father God, help these people to repent, come to know your Savior uh, before they die and go to hell. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for a few names uh, for a few people by name who are hurting from the coronavirus plague situation with the death of family members and friends, uh, even though we pray for the millions who are being uh, impacted by it. Lord, we pray for the family and friends of California resident Kevin Andrew Bryant. We pray for the family and friends of Tennessee resident Max Beatty. We pray for the family and friends of New York resident Angela Gowett. We pray for the family and friends of Albania resident uh, Angelo Kwama. We pray for the family and friends of Tennessee resident Doyce Hughes. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ now for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests uh, by the thousands and we pray uh, 
that you would protect them as we prayed before from the coronavirus plague, from monkeypox, now. And we pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all. And Lord, uh, help us to continue to pray for one another together. And hear and answer their prayers and hear and answer our prayers uh, for them and them for us. And thank you for answering thousands of prayers down through the years. Uh, based upon your holy word, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. We also pray for Pastor Bushibi in Kenya and his church ministries. And together we thank you for the wonderful Sunday service. Thank you for the soul saved and people healed and delivered. Please save and comfort the families of Tabitha, Okiti, and Pastor Donald's father. Please supply for the children's school fees as they return to school. Thank you, Lord, for Melanie's successful surgeries. Please provide her with contact lenses. Thank you for blessing the women's seminar. Please bless them as they fast and pray for an end to the coronavirus economic hardships and revival around the world. We pray for Leonidas. Please bless his ministry in Rwanda. Pania, please protect his family and bless his ministry. I believe in Dothan, Alabama. We pray, Lord, now for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of your holy gospel through this ministry and across this pulpit around the world, uh, which shows the still the power of your holy gospel under salvation and the power of your Holy Spirit. And we give you the glory, praise, and honor that we can pray for these people who believed the gospel and got saved. We pray for Kranti, Italo, Stephen, Brandy, Sarah, and thousands of others. We also pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you by hearing the preaching of the whole counsel of God and without an invitation from me and without an invitation for them to write in to me. But they have been doing it now for many, many years now because of you. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor. And we literally don't have anything to do with this at all. As you know, Lord, we pray for Dominique, Cretia, Mary, Ulysses, Alejandra and thousands of others. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Let's all stand, my dear friends. Keep that moving just like it is. All right, go, keep that moving just like it is. Okay, now click it. Click, click the screen. There you go. Now leave it like it is. All right, folks, let's stand for our closing prayer, and then we'll hear that beautiful song, I'll Fly Away. Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot thank you enough for the privilege to be here with your people today, this afternoon. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me to get the needed rest 
and the needed fuel, food to eat, uh, to be back here later on this evening. And Holy Father God, to preach the Just Jesus message for this Sunday. And I pray that, Lord, lost souls would be saved throughout this day. Christians would be encouraged and revived. And thank you so much again, Holy Father God, for what you have done and for what you're doing uh, in answer to prayer and through the power of your Holy Word and your preached Word. Lord, help all of your God-called preachers to stand strong in the faith and not uh, be worried about how many people may hate them because they preached the truth. Help them to stand for you. You have set them up to do so for your glory, praise, and honor. Help them to continue on and that millions and billions would hear the gospel and be saved before it is eternally too late. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. I'll fly away.